What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey guys, welcome back to the Castle Podcast. This is Brick Bain speaking at you uh, from a glorious day here in Portland, Oregon. I can't really uh, can't really get over the weather right now. It's like super warm and the reason that I live in Portland, Oregon, a lot of people will tell you that it's terrible and gloomy and rainy and that's all so very true and like that's like the biggest downside of living here but days like this is the reason I live here uh the summers here are glorious it just feels nice outside and I just got over to my friend's house and she has windows that are huge and uh just lets in sunlight really well uh kind of like continuing a little mini series I've been doing on here talking about like my day my week today has been super dope uh hit another record at uh, my work the cafe the restaurant the breakfast place whatever you want to call it proud mary that i work at uh i know i've been saying there's a lot of record days recently but man this summer i think just invites it people are out and about and just having a grand old time uh and also i've been doing a lot of like creative things and that's really getting my juices flowing i was just telling my friend here that i've been getting a lot more into digital photography getting away from film a little bit, but still balancing the two. And uh, that's really providing a good amount of inspiration and uh, an outlet to really, I don't know, express myself to like capture. Because I've always considered myself like an artist, you know, in a certain way, but photography I've always found is that creative way besides actual design or like getting into Photoshop, uh, those things I like to get off on. But today I'm hanging out with my friend Bria Morrison. Uh, she's a photographer based here in Portland, Oregon, from California, but does work up and down the coast. She's been involved in the industry for 10 plus years, I think, and is a mad good photographer as well, super good with design. Her home aesthetic is always on point. Ever since I've begun to know her, uh, that's always been true and kind of like what initially attracted to stay with her in the beginning. I don't know, we'll get into that. Uh, but Bria, welcome welcome to the podcast. Say what's up. Thanks, hey, how's it going? Uh, really wanted to have you on here because this podcast is based around makers, uh, those who like create not only things that are, you know, consumable and like edible in like short term, but like lasting creations that uh, have like a big impact. And I think photography is a big one of those. Uh, just wanted to say congrats on the new house, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bria just moved into a brand new house. Uh, when I first met her, she lived in an apartment in Hollywood in Portland. Uh, that's how I first ended up staying with her. Little Airbnb vibe. Uh, that's what you gotta do, you know, when you move to a new city. You gotta you gotta stay with an Airbnb and then look around. Uh, so thanks for letting me do that initially, and thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, so let's talk about a little about like photography. But uh, before we do that, let's go back into like your history a little bit. Tell us about California, about uh, Chico a little bit. Um, just about like where you're from. So yeah, I'm from a small town in Northern California called Chico. Um, it's where both my husband and I went to college, and um, it's it's this it's this fun little college town surrounded by um, agriculture. So um, there's not a lot to do out there, and uh, I grew up in an even smaller town just outside of that. So 
it was in Chico that I really discovered my love for photography and I basically photographed anything I could. Um, I had a really, a ton of really bad photos for a really long time. I learned on um, film. So I remember in my like first photo class in college, we had to shoot 36 rolls of 36 exposure film, mm-hmm. which if you're thinking in digital times, that's really, I mean, people go through frames like crazy. But in film, that's like that's a lot of film to go through yeah. in a semester. And so I just photographed everybody and everything. And it was really boring for the most part, people drinking coffee or like playing on skateboards. But yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I spent a little bit of time in Chico. Uh, my friend used to live there a bit, so I like to visit her. Chico's like a straight up island, like yeah. NorCal Island, surrounded by farmland and yep. Sierra and just like mountains. Uh, so you're saying that like, you're taking photos of people drinking coffee and stuff. Is that, like, what you first started taking photos of? I mean... Or, like, I guess, like, what's, like, your beginning? What's, like, your first memory of, like, taking a photo? Can you think of that? Oh, God. My first memory of taking a photo. I don't actually remember taking the photos, to be honest. But my first camera was given to me in probably 1991, 1992 as a little girl. And it was this Barbie pink flat rectangular camera. And it took these teeny tiny film canisters that they don't even make anymore and I just had a lot of really crappy photos (laughs) (laughs) but I think I think I have um like the film in a box somewhere still from from those days but my first real memory taking photos um was in high school I took a photography class my senior year of high school with some friends I got to go to a different campus uh, different school different town to go take the class, which was fun as a high schooler, you know, gotta get away. So I did that and um, I really loved it. Did darkroom stuff that semester. And then my senior project was also in photography. And then um, after high school, I kind of dropped off of doing photography for a while. I went to college and I started my English major and was reading lit and, I actually got pretty depressed my sophomore year and I decided to take another photo class uh, just to do something that was good for myself that made me feel good and so I did I took a photo class I got in and um, I failed all of my other classes but I aced that photo class (laughs) and it succeeded it pulled me out of my depression and then the next semester I got a 4.0 so it kind of launched me onto um, a better path so a lot of people these days, I feel like if you're picking up a camera right now and getting super into it, it's your phone or like a digital camera, mm-hmm. but you are like super passionate about film and I know that's like the basis of most of your background. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned studying that in high school a little bit. Do you think yeah. that's why you were so originally like invested in film versus digital? Oh, definitely. Yeah. My very first photography class was a film class. It was black and white film in a dark room and then When I went to college, um, I did a fine art degree in photography, and I would say all but one of my classes were film classes in the darkroom. So (laughs) one year saying one of those classes were were digital in the room? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, towards the end of my college career, they just started introducing digital um, processes to the school. Okay. And my teacher taught a digital photography class, which 
It was actually really lame. Um, his idea of a digital photography class was to sit down in a classroom and teach people what Photoshop tools meant and what they all were. And that was basically it. And it was really boring because I've been teaching myself Photoshop since I was in high school. So it was, it was kind of lame. Um, and I didn't really get into digital photography as as like a real thing to do until I started working as a photographer. Yeah. Is that because like the practicality of like taking photos? I know you still do like a little bit of film for like work or you'll do stuff one off, but do you think it's more for practicality or? Yeah, it was definitely practical reasons why I went into digital. Um, First of all, it's way cheaper to do digital photography than to do film photography. The cameras aren't necessarily cheaper. In fact, they're quite, they're pretty expensive, but when you look at the costs of the film itself, getting it developed, getting it scanned, um, the time that it takes to get it processed, it just makes more sense to do digital if, if you're especially just starting out as a professional photographer. So I did some freelance work for the American Heart Association, and then I started working for another wedding photographer in Chico. And I worked with her for about four years, and it was just expected that you'd be shooting digital mm. if you were working professionally yeah. at that time. So that's kind of how I got started as a professional photographer. And then as the years went on, I started introducing more film work into my business. And it's still, it's I don't shoot like film full time for my business, but I like to throw it in there for fun every once in a while. Um, and I definitely shoot film 100% for all my personal work. And I know you worked at uh, Blue Moon Camera Machine in uh, North Portland a bit, Mm -hmm. which is like my personal go-to place for like to geek out about film, to get stuff developed or anything like that. Do you, did you pick up like a good amount from there or kind of like, did you just dive deeper into like a copy that you already knew a lot about? It was already something I knew a lot about. So when I first moved to Portland, um, I was, I was leaving Chico, I was leaving a full-time salaried job in marketing and um, living on my own for the first time. And I, I needed a job. It was just too much to move and, and not have um, the client base up here yet for my photography business. So I got a job at Blue Moon Camera and Machine and it was just nice to be surrounded by people that had a similar interest, and not only my coworkers, but all the customers that came in. Um, everybody wanted to geek out on film, and I became the Polaroid expert there, mm. um, which was kind of fun that I had like an edge up on people on that aspect of things because um, I've been shooting Polaroid creatively since 20, 2009. So um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Why? What got you into Polaroids versus everything else within film? Um, it's not something I had a lot of creative experience in. Um, so after college, I had shot a ton of 35 millimeter photography. That's all I did in college pretty much. And so I was a little bit burnt out on that. And I had already been shooting digitally for a few years, uh, professionally working with other photographers, doing weddings, that kind of thing. And I was feeling kind of burnt out creatively on that as well. And so this was back 2009. It was kind of the peak of blogs at the time. Blogs were really big. And I started following a couple other bloggers that were Polaroid photographers. And I loved the look of their images. I loved how dreamy they were. Mm. Um, 
and how much quality was in the image it image even though it was polaroid like i didn't expect i thought polaroid was just like a you know a point and shoot lazy photograph <laughs> medium and it's really a lot more than that if you really want to dive into it and so I just fell in love with the look of Polaroid, and so I just did research, and I tried out a bunch of different cameras, and um, really fell in love with the medium. So over time, you were like collecting, I feel like looking back at it now, at least from my perspective, over time, you were like collecting knowledge within like different areas. Uh, what point, or at what point did you move from like personal to making it a business? Oh God. Um... I like to think I've always had the idea to make Polaroid, or not Polaroid, but just photography into a business. Um, the catalyst really was in college when I decided I didn't really want to be an English major anymore, and I wanted to just focus on art and photography. And so I went to my advisor and I said, hey, like, I was from a small town. I didn't really know what kind of jobs were out there for photography. Um, and so I asked him, I was like, what can I do with a photography degree? Like, what kind of jobs can I get? And he had like the lamest answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that lame, but looking back, I'm like, that is that even a job that people do? And he, he told me, well, if you're into English and you like to write, then you could be a photography critic. You could write about photography. I'm like, that's not really what I was going for. I actually wanted to be a photographer in some way, um, but I didn't even think about fashion photography or wedding photography or you know small business lifestyle photography that kind of thing it just was not in my brain at all um but I knew that's how I wanted to make my living so I was like well that's not the answer I was looking for but I'm gonna quit my English major anyways and focus on art focus on photography and at that point I just looked any job I could find any opportunity I could snatched to do photography as a business opportunity I took it so my first photography job was at the picture people in the mall in Chico and I had to wear a propeller hat and a fisherman's vest and a really wide tie with like pictures of ugly babies on it and <laughs> um yeah that was my first gig and I did studio photography there had like 20 minute sessions with screaming babies and um, I did that for a few months over the summer, and then um, I moved on quickly and got a job at the college newspaper doing photojournalism. And I did that for a semester, and then I became the assistant um, editor for the photography department at the at the Orion, the college newspaper. And then at that point, I started freelancing, and I then got a job with a photographer, so um, a wedding photographer. So it was really... Um, early on progression that I knew I wanted to make money with photography and I just seized every opportunity I could to practice and it wasn't until 2013 when I moved to Portland that I officially launched my own business in photography. I was really scared to start my own business and um, worried I would fail, worried I didn't know enough um, but so it took me a while to actually get it going but um, I felt like it was just good timing to come up here. It was my ideal kind of clients are up here. Um, there's just a lot more variety here versus, you know, small town Chico. So, so it worked out really well. Why, uh, you mentioned that you ended up getting a job with a wedding photographer. Mm -hmm. What 
right now you like basically almost do exclusively like wedding photography and elopements a lot Mm -hmm. of like couple stuff Mm -hmm. what like propelled you into that well um i worked at the student employment office at chico state and i came into work one day and one of my coworkers was just like we have a job for you and i was like seriously what what is it and it was um, working with the wedding photographer um, assisting her and being her second shooter at weddings and this was back when and people still um, will do that for free when they're just starting out and it was an opportunity to get paid to do it uh, with zero experience and um, i got that job and i worked with this person for four years and um got to the point where I really wanted to branch out and start doing my own thing and work with other photographers. So I kind of moved on from there. But it was really just one of those opportunities I seized. And um, I just kind of took it and ran with it. Was it like as like a personal, just like a personal question, I'm always curious about asking. And I feel like I probably asked you when it happened. Mm -hmm. You've been in this industry for a while, taking a ton of photos of couples. Was it like super weird or more interesting to get your photos taken of you and Andrew when you got like your couple photos? Um, I mean, when I was a little girl, I loved having my portrait taken. Um, I would always try to jump in front of the camera, but as I got older, I kind of shied away from the camera a little bit more and liked to be behind it. So I don't know. It was definitely different. We had one of our really good friends photograph our wedding. And so I had a hundred percent confidence in her. So I don't think it was, it wasn't too uncomfortable. It wasn't too weird. Um, Plus, you know, I got all dolled up. It was my wedding day, so somebody did my makeup, and my hair was perfect, and I felt pretty, and so it was it was pretty comfortable. But um, aside from my wedding day, anytime I go to get my portrait taken, I do I feel a little bit nervous, and it feels a little bit weird not being able to see what I'm doing because I'm usually seeing what people are doing in front of the camera and and guiding them. So I'm just kind of guessing that I'm doing what I should be doing. <laughs> so yeah, it is it is a little weird to be on the other side of the camera, for sure. Not that like, I'm like definitely not a, a photo taker on the level that you are, but I always find it interesting to see other people taking photos, like even just out in the street or like random people taking photos of food or like against a wall, you know, just for like mm-hmm. their, for, for their Instagram or something like that. I always find it interesting to see what they're doing or like not doing or like what camera they have or you're in an event and you're like, I don't know, you see somebody with like a film camera and you're like, oh, like you just want to geek out and like talk to them. Mm-hmm. Have you found a good uh, community for <laughs> that around town? I know you were talking about Blue Moon earlier. This is yeah. definitely like a photography city. It is. I, sorry, my dog is, <laughs> she's talking. Thistle, hey. <laughs> Come. Bria has the cutest dog Thistle who's a whippet and we're trying to get her attention. Thistle. She, she wants to play. <laughs> um, so as far as the community, I feel like my community has evolved as I've gotten more into the business side of photography. So I have less of a local community now and more of a global community. The way that I first found you, like I was talking about earlier, was on Airbnb. Uh, when I first stayed with you and something that you probably like took a lot of pride in because I almost like felt it but like your photos that you posted on Airbnb advertising your own space like those were beautiful and that's obviously a big um, 
I don't know, I feel like that's probably what people look for, you know, on Airbnb, the places they're going to stay, they always yeah. look for beautiful places, and you know, in looking through photos, you're like, wow, like, that's a place I want to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you used to do Airbnb a lot, and you kind of want to do more in the future. Mm-hmm. Does, like, do you really enjoy taking pictures of your, the space that you live in? Yes, yes, I really do. So, I... Yeah, when we met, I had a a little one-bedroom apartment, and we were renting out our couch or an air mattress on the floor um, on Airbnb, and we got so many people staying with us. We actually had to block out dates because it was in our living room, and I actually, I'm an introvert, so I needed some space sometimes to, like, decompress. Um, But yeah, it was, everybody said that they came to stay with us because they liked the decorations. (laughs) Oh, hey. Are you Okay. Dogs are playing, got a little rough. This old. Have a fragile dog. <laughs> this um, old's so cute. She's fine. She just played a little too hard. Uh, what was I saying? What was I talking about? Talking about uh, Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, everybody said that they stayed with us because they liked the way it was decorated, and then they liked the photos of the space. And um, it's definitely something that I I look for good light, and I just. I don't know. Like I said, I like to live in a space that is something that I can photograph at any time just because it is visually pleasing. Did that play in, did that like thought process play in big to you buying a house? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So we started house shopping in February of this year and um, we dove deep. (laughs) And I really actually wanted to get the whole process kind of over with before wedding season hit hard because Mm. I knew I was going to be really busy and it was going to take time away from my business to to house shop and move and everything. And so um, we looked at a bunch of houses and I I told Andrew um, that I wanted a mid-century house and because I like the aesthetic of them, but I also like there's a big focus on windows and natural light in mid-century homes. And so we looked at a few other houses that weren't mid-century that we liked, but in the end we ended up in a 1955 uh, mid-century home with walls full of windows and plenty of natural light. And all my plants are very happy, <laughs> and I am very happy. It's just kind of like everybody in the household just has like good vibes here, which which is great. That was the goal. How's this work season uh, going for you? We were talking about before we started recording that you've got a bunch of dates going on this year, already booking for next year. Mm -hmm. How's the season looking? The season's looking really good. It's my busiest season um, that I've ever had in my business, uh, which is really wonderful. I I also keep getting last minute bookings, which is, it's kind of a phenomena of Portland in in California, people book their weddings out maybe a year, year and a half in advance um, for photography. And here, people like to do things last minute. And in March, I got two April wedding bookings, um, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But it's not the the most last minute wedding I've ever booked. The most last minute wedding I've ever booked was literally the day before the wedding. Um, and it was in December, <laughs> which is really strange. But um, was yeah. that somebody that you knew that last minute booking? It wasn't. No, no. it was just um, it was an older couple, and there it was both of their second marriage, and they had contacted me before, um, just kind of inquiring about wedding photography, and then I didn't hear from them for a while, 
And so I followed up with them. I was like, hey, did you still want a wedding photographer? And at the time, because it's like during the holidays and things are a little chaotic at that time, I wasn't really thinking about the fact that their wedding was literally the next day. Um, but they emailed me back and they said, yes, actually, we do want to book you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's tomorrow. I'm going to go shoot your wedding tomorrow. Great. And it was just right in downtown Portland and it was a super easy gig and um, it was a really great wedding. So, yeah. Being super, um, uh, I guess, malleable and kind of like within like that, like taking a job literally the day before it happens or like we were talking about like doing Airbnb. I feel like you and Andrew have a knack for always hacking your life to make it like the beautiful life that you want it to be. Can you like talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's like something that I don't know, we've maybe not talked about, but I like super look up to both of you. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, as I kind of mentioned it before, it's one of my greatest fears is living an ordinary life, just settling for what's easy um, and just wasting my days away. Um, and so I decided while I was in college in Chico that I wasn't going to date anybody <laughs> that was just going to stay in Chico and, and have kids and 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 just call it there and work a nine to five and live that as their life. And that's fine for a lot of people. It just wasn't the right path for me. And I knew that pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so when Andrew and I met and he was a traveler and, um, he was interested in adventuring with me and he was very supportive of my entrepreneurship. Um, it just, it worked out really well, uh, for us and, um, things really, kind of went to the next level as far as building the life that we want um, when I chose to move to Portland. So I chose to move to Portland in 2013 and Andrew and I were engaged at that time, but he was not ready to move here. So he stayed in California and lived with family for nine months um, after I moved up here. And uh, during those nine months, um, I, I moved up here. I worked for Blue Moon Camera and Machine and I ended up getting another job at a marketing company and, um, or a furniture company doing marketing. And um, my soul was dying again. <laughs> I was sitting at a desk job um, working for crazy people that, um, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't feed my soul. I really knew I wanted to do photography. So when Andrew finally moved up to Portland that summer, um, we started doing Airbnb and I started um, doing work as a stocksy photographer and just trying to diversify my income as much as possible. And um, I believe that was the summer of 2014. And that's when things really started to come together. Um, between Stocksy and Airbnb, I was able to quit my full-time job in the marketing company and focus all of my energy on my business as a photographer, uh, which is what was needed at the time in order for it to grow. And I've been doing full-time photography ever since. Um, so just being able to be flexible in life and find other ways to, you know, make ends meet and, um, maybe prioritizing things over other things. So pri we prioritize travel over, you know, buying expensive clothes all the time. Um, granted we are, definitely quality over quantity. Um, but we, 
we have to balance it out. And lately we've been budgeting, just trying to balance out, you know, making sure our home is the way we want it to be so we can get our Airbnb up and going. But we're also trying to go and travel and um, we're trying to get my business big enough so that Andrew can quit his full-time job someday (laughs) Um, so that will allow us more flexibility ideally we'd like to be able to have a second home maybe in California or in Mexico or who knows maybe in Scotland Um, and just live kind of bi-coastal as it so to speak and um, just make things a little bit more extraordinary so you're from California and mm-hmm. you've traveled like a good amount mm-hmm. and I know you not too long ago had like a little stint in California as well and you yeah. came back to Portland. Yeah. What keeps you coming back to Portland? Oh gosh. Um, I really fell in love with Portland the first time I visited. I visited mm-hmm. in uh, February of 2013. It was a long weekend. We drove up here. It was raining. It was cold. Um, but Portland really felt comfortable and, um, the people were friendly and kind. I knew other people in the photo industry up here already and the city is absolutely beautiful and it has great access to Seattle, um, where I have really good friends and family, great access to the ocean, the mountains. It's just kind of a perfect little spot. Um, and the weather's great. <laughs> I don't know. Most people don't know Chico, but um, Chico is, uh, it's not uncommon to have 110 degree weather in, in the summer. Wow. Um, that happens pretty often. And then at night, it doesn't cool down below 80 degrees. And so that was something I was definitely looking to get away from. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we came up to Portland initially and really loved it here. And um, after moving to Cal- back to California for a year to take care of my husband's grandfather, um, we decided we just really enjoyed our community up here, and we really um, felt like Portland was our home. So we decided to come back. Did that year in California solidify your love for Portland? Definitely. For me, yeah, in a way. Um I wasn't really ready to move away from Portland when we went back to California. Um, but the I know cir- you're visiting a lot while you're down there. <laughs> yeah. So the circumstances were um, we had the opportunity to move to California and live with my husband's grandfather for the last year of his life. And that became my husband's full-time job. Um, so Andrew took care of his grandpa and um, made him breakfast every morning and took him on drives around the countryside and the mountains. Um and we lived in his 1975 ranch house on a cliff overlooking some of the most gorgeous views of the Feather River, Feather River Canyon. And um, it was a really magical spot. And it was a really great time. But um, we went from living in the middle of the city to living in the middle of nowhere. Um, which was kind of difficult because we, the middle of nowhere we were in was definitely... Um, high mountain rancher, Trump supporter kind of area, uh, retirement community. And um, if we wanted to socialize with any of our friends or family or find people that we had more connection to, we had to travel a minimum of an hour. Hmm. Um, And that was really rough. And it was expensive to live there. um, And it was expensive to travel all the time to try to just have a social life. Um, cause it was a really isolated place 
And um, that's why when um, Andrew's grandfather passed away, we decided that we weren't quite ready to live in the country <laughs> full time. So we moved back to the city. Well, I know you guys were never going to stay in California because you guys always talked about how much you love it here. Like, I don't know, big props to you guys for, I don't know, spending like the last year like with Andrew's grandfather. That's something that I think a lot of people don't get to do, you know, because a lot of stuff happens mm-hmm. suddenly. Yeah. And sometimes you don't get to say goodbye or, you know, have that last good moment. I think about that a lot, my family being on the other side of like the United States. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Big shout out to you guys for that. That's, I don't know, that warms my heart. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was magical. He was he was 99 and walking and wow. loving and funny and a little bit of a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was a really special time. Awesome. Well, Bree, wrapping up here on the podcast, first of all, thanks so much for hanging out with me and being on. Um, you know, I'm always trying to trying to get you out there, trying to trying to work with you in some sort of way. I uh, want to ask you one last question here. We were kind of talking about, you know, hacking life, buying less clothes but more quality clothes, mm-hmm. rent out Airbnb, traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. What would your be? What would your two cents be to someone who's trying to live like an amazing, extraordinary life? You know, whether that's in like New York or Louisiana or the Pacific Northwest. What are your? What's your two cents on hacking it to make the life you want? Um. Focus, focus less on quantity and focus more on quality. That's that's the biggest thing. Whether you're um, buying food or buying clothes or just living your life in general, you know, focus less on having a giant, you know, penthouse apartment in the city of your choosing, and maybe go for a cheaper apartment so that you can, you know, go travel abroad for a year. Um, just find out your priorities and actually take steps towards those priorities instead of um, taking the easy path. Wow. Wrapping up with those words of wisdom. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'll see you guys next Saturday when we have another awesome creator uh, on talking about how they live their life. I hope even just one of you is taking something away from this conversation that can implement it into your life. Um, Make your life a little bit more happy. Smile a little more. Thanks, guys. Bye.